welcome to the Kitty Talks podcast. Every week, I interview top thought leaders who are changing the world with their work. They're doing their dharma, they've uncovered their purpose, and they've created the most amazing lives. Now, what I do is I interview them to show how they transitioned into the work that they are doing on the planet today. This will empower and inspire you to do the same. Everybody has a dharma, everybody has a purpose. By listening to our interviews, you will tune into yours and you will create the life of your dreams. Now, if you're having a little problem with that and you don't quite know where to start, then please come and join our Do Your Dharma community. We're launching the course again in March. It's an eight-week online course. Such a beautiful community of people who are doing that course. And the course takes you through. It understands and shows you and demystifies the subject of Dharma for you. Because when you understand the Dharmic principles, you can use those in your life, basically to keep yourself at the top of the emotional vibrational scale, to show you how to create the life of your dreams. There's some really simple formulas and success tips that I teach within the course and you get to uncover your purpose, you get to create a vision for your life and you have a community of people standing by your side to help that come to fruition. So if you haven't already, come and join my Facebook group on Facebook or come and follow me at Kitty Talks on Instagram or apply at doyourdharma.co.uk if you're interested in doing the course. See you on the other side. Just interviewed the wonderful Jimmy Whiteman. You are about to hear him shortly. That meditation guy, really great guy. He talks in the interview about how he has totally let his purpose unveil itself to him. He's listened to the signs and signal that life gives us. Remember, signs and signals come mind, body, spirit and emotions. So he was in a job, but it wasn't fulfilling him. So he decided to do something about it. He built an online business, decided to really help do that and grow that. And then once it started to not really fulfill him, he listened to that and he started to basically turn his passion which was meditation into his business so i know you're going to enjoy this conversation with jimmy whiteman go follow him in, on instagram because he really does some great posts about uh, meditation and at the science of it and he totally admits to being a complete skeptic so if you're listening to this and you don't have a form of meditation practice this will really convince you Hello and welcome to Kitty Talks. We share inspirational life stories that empower you to create yours. And today I have a gentleman who I think you are going to really find fascinating. We've had a short brief chat before the interview and Jimmy Whiteman is a Vedic meditation teacher. And for me, it sounds like he's totally doing his dharma and his path is unfolding. And you're going to get to hear a little bit more about that. But as you know, I'm a massive advocate of meditation. If everybody in the world meditated, the whole world would be a totally different place. So Jimmy Whiteman, welcome to Kitty Talks. Thanks for having me. No, my pleasure. Great to be here. (laughs) So could you explain to the audience a little bit more about who you are and what you do in the world currently? Uh, so at the moment, what I do is uh, I run an online business, which I've been running for about 10 years. Um, but I'm also following my passion of teaching meditation um, around London. 
to anybody who wants to know. But also, um, I'd like to put out information largely on uh, Instagram um, to sort of spread the word about informa- uh, meditation and to tell people kind of from my perspective how I see it because I don't consider myself the typical profile of a meditation teacher. I'm not your uh, the kind of person who you would normally think of. And I think that's what makes me a little bit interesting to some people who wouldn't normally consider meditation. And you actually, before we came on air, described yourself as a skeptic. <laughs> or you were a skeptic. So talk to me a little bit more about uh, your, your, previous, your previous incarnation as a skeptic. <laughs> well, I would say that that probably started when I was quite young. So I was brought up in the Catholic sort of religion and I rejected that fairly early on. And then as I was sort of uh, my early 20s, I read books like The God Delusion and things like that mm-hmm. and just decided that, no, science is everything. You know, if if you can't prove it, then I'm just not going to believe in it. So spirituality definitely wasn't for me. Um, however, just because I have always had a bit of a sleeping problem, I started looking into meditation and decided, you know what, there seems to be enough science here that will make me try it out and see if it will help me sleep. So I put my skepticism aside, took up meditation for this one reason. Uh, did the Vedic meditation course initially after trying Headspace and apps and all kinds of mm-hmm. other things for a few years. And what happened to me was so profound. It really did change my life. It was it was like learning this, this incredible secret, you know? Mm. Um, and so... Once I experienced that, yeah, there, there was no going back. Really, that was that was it for me. So, what, when you said it, um, it really impacted you. You know, you said you had sleep problems. Describe a little bit more in detail about what you were, you know, what you were suffering on a sleep perspective. Oh, okay. Well, I think so. This happens quite sometimes as well to people who run their own business, uh, especially if you work from home. You can just fall into your own strange hours, you know, because you can get up anytime you like go to bed anytime you like. And I think that added to just the fact that I've always been a bit of a bad sleeper, too much caffeine, got to the point where I was just basically insomniac. I was, you know, rarely asleep before three o'clock in the morning. And trying trying out some guided meditations in Headspace in sort of 2013, 2014, a long time ago, um, it kind of helped. And it let me know that there was something in this meditation. Maybe it would it would get me there. But um, for me, yeah, the, the, the huge came change when I was taught Vedic meditation. Um, so it wasn't just my sleeping that improved. It was just so many other areas of my life. What I realized was that once you kind of are able to clear out stress on a daily basis, mm. um, you can just handle life in a completely mm. different way. Brilliant. Fantastic. So um, for, for our listeners, because obviously there's lots of different types of meditation and you described Vedic meditation. Can you just tell them a little bit more about what that is? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So Vedic meditation is pretty much the same thing as transcendental meditation. If you've heard of that one. That's the one a lot of all the celebrities talk about these days. And the reason so many people get into it, especially people with busy lives, where I'm in London and, and New York and LA, it's a big thing over there. The reason it kind of works is because it's one of the easiest ones, meditation types to fit into your life. It's generally 20 minutes twice a day. Uh, you sit in a comfortable position, whatever works for you, with the back supported. 
and you are usually learn it with a teacher who will give you a mantra, mm-hmm. which is yours to keep and to keep secrets yourself. It's basically a two-syllable sound, and you mentally repeat this over and over again for about 20 minutes in a very calm and easy, nonchalant way. And what it will do to you is it will, as you repeat the mantra, it will slowly settle the mind. So your thoughts will become less and less and less um, loud and intrusive. Your sort of metabolism and your heart rate uh, will slow. Your brain waves will sort of switch into an alpha state, which means um, you will feel very, very calm. Um, your physiology will change. So your stress chemistry that's usually being pumped into the body will be kind of drained away and replaced by um, relaxation chemistry. These are not technical terms. You know, I, c- I can't list all of the different chemicals mm. that will go into your blood. We'll be here all day. But ultimately what you will feel is a in, in, the, in 20 minutes, you will go from being uptight to very, very calm. I think that's how most people would describe it. Mm. Yeah, it's a really good description. I think I have to say for me, I found that it switched off my that, that little voice that is going, this isn't going right. This isn't going to happen well. You know, I'm stressed about this. I'm worried about this. You know, how that internal voice that we generally have, I found for me that the the TM that I do completely switched that off. And I was just able to be present, um, to concentrate, had much better periods of concentration. So I could just get so much more done. I was more effective. And I always notice, like if I, you know, I'm, I'm, I've been meditating for years now, but say you have a patch where you don't necessarily do two a day. I can notice when it's when I, my meditation, I've, I've, you know, I'm like, ah, I need to go back and do more meditation. Um, but yeah, I have to say I'm with you. I have, I'm a real advocate of any form of meditation, but I love the simplicity and ease actually of TM and Vedic meditation. So, so tell the audience, cause what we love to talk about on Katie Talks is transitions because, you know, we, I love to talk about Dharma and how our purpose unfolds. And actually the way that we tune into what we're supposed to be doing on the planet is to go towards the things that excite us, that go towards the things that really are fascinating for us. And before we jumped on air, you described your journey of going from working in travel to then going to the online business. So could you just tell the guys listening your kind of transition? Because what I thought was really interesting about what you said was, you know, you listened to to your messages. You know, you listened to when you thought, right, no, it's time now. I don't want to work in any office anymore. And rather than just staying out of fear, you did something about it. So yeah, please just um, tell the guys a little bit about your journey. Yeah, yeah, no problem at all. So about sort of, uh, let me think, about 12 years ago, something like that, I was working in the travel industry, um, and I that that was my passion, and it kind of still is. I love to travel, so um, I got a job in the travel industry. What I didn't realize was it wasn't going to be sitting around all day having a great time talking about places you've been. It was really a sales job, <laughs> and so I was kind of naive. I was in my early twenties, and I realized that actually this isn't the fun thing I thought it was. I'm kind of in a basement all day selling holidays. And so I started to think, I, I don't want this. I can't do this for the rest of my life. And so I wondered, can I you know, get a job where I run it from my laptop and I can travel the world? Now, nowadays, this is a really popular thing that people do. It's not seen as odd at all to be a 
digital nomad or whatever. Mm. But back then, no, that word wasn't even a thing. Nobody was talking about that in 2005. So I started researching it myself on my laptop and um, looking into affiliate marketing, SEO, MLM. You know, I went down a hundred different blind alleys. Um, but one of the big game changers for me was when I walked in past the bookshop on the way to work one morning and saw Tim Ferriss's Four Hour Work Week. And I, that title just jumped out at me and I thought, I'm having some of that. So I bought that book, read it, and that told me, okay, this people do this. This is a thing you can do. So I quit my job and just really threw myself into that. I just wanted to work from home, uh, work online and um, travel the world. That was all I had in my mind. I didn't have any sort of passion that I was following except for can I make money and have a fun life? Um, and me and a, another guy, a friend of mine, got into this together. And we got to a point where we were pretty good at it, actually. We were doing affiliate marketing with our own websites and SEO. And we started making courses that people were buying, showing how we were doing it. And we weren't making much money, but we were making enough to get by and to, and to continue doing it. Um, and there was a lot of sacrifice because, like I say, we didn't make as much money as when we had a normal job, but we just kept going, hoping that we would get somewhere. And one of the people who bought our courses one time got in touch with us to ask a few questions. It turns out he was a trader who'd worked in a hedge fund and mm -hmm. he had this idea for a membership site in the trading industry. And so we then partnered with him, did a bit of a test to see if we could market him and it went so well that we've been working together for about seven or eight years now. I've been working full time at home. I've done the, the thing that I set out to do, you know, went and lived in Mexico for a while. I've worked in from Canada and between us, we've been running this business. So it's been really, really great. And I've really, really enjoyed it. Um, but I do, over time, I've started to realize that I am basically marketing, you know, somebody else's passion. Trading is my passion. Um, and although I have a fascination with marketing and all that kind of online business, it's not the thing that I feel I was put out in the world to do. So I do feel like I've come to this point where everything has come together, given me mm. all the skills and knowledge mm. to understand how to work online, to understand how to connect with people and work social media. I just didn't really have any particular niche or passion that I wanted to follow. I mean, I have got things in my life. I'm a DJ and travel, but never really thought about monetizing or doing anything with them in terms of work. So when I discovered meditation, I just suddenly thought, not straight away, actually. That's the mm, first sure. thought, I'll just keep this for me. But over time, I suddenly thought, hang on, everything has come together here. I have everything I need to know. To I've got this, suddenly got this secret and I have to learn how to do online business and to put a message out there. I can do that now. So that's that's kind of where I've, I've ended up is I still right. run my other business and I love it it's great but I'm now also pursuing my passion on the side um which is lovely posi position to be in because I've got no financial pressure necessarily I'm just doing it because I love it and I enjoy it and we'll see what comes from it fantastic and I think what I really love for people listening when you hear Jimmy's story like our we're always being prepared for our dharma whether we actually realize it or not so 
for me, I kind of look at it a bit like the crystal maze. So our life is like the crystal maze. Like we, you know, we go through and we're doing this, you know, Jimmy's, for example, been building this business for this other guy, but it's got to a point where he's decided that actually it's not necessarily totally doing it for him anymore. And he can see how he can use the skills that he's learned in his previous business now to build his own business. So that business and the work he's done was totally part of him becoming equipped to be able to now do the next part of his path and his dharma and his purpose, because it's now unfolding and becoming more obvious to him. So I think, you know, what's really great for people listening, Jimmy, is that if they're they're kind of sat there doing something that's not fulfilling them you know I don't want them to think that that's been a waste of time because actually we just don't we just don't know where those skills are going to come in and help us in the future that's such a good point and also if you are doing something that you don't like you can use that uh to push you forward you know I uh, it was only because I was living in London and doing the rat race thing or it felt like that every morning when I was getting the tube that's that's what gave me my motivation when I went home in the evening to start working because I didn't want to get up at six o'clock in the morning the next day and go and cram myself onto that underground. So you can definitely use that. If you're in a place of pain right now, you can use that to push you out into a place of a place of pleasure. I think the difficulty comes when you're too comfortable. When mm. you've got a job that's okay and you make mm. all right money. Mm. Where's your motivation come from, you know? Um Absolutely. I totally would concur because if you're comfortable and the money's good and you're used to it and it's the better the devil you know, then that is harder because you're right, the motivation isn't there. Um, But I think what the beautiful thing about Dharma is when we start to serve and help others, you know, I know like you must have had so much satisfaction from teaching people meditation and seeing the impact that it has on their lives. Oh, definitely. And one of the biggest things that gives me a a real, a, a real sense of achievement actually in this is one of the things that I don't necessarily get paid for. But when I post a lot on Instagram, what I'm kind of doing there is educating. Yeah, I'm educating, but and I'm also testing out. I'm, I'm leaning into the fact that I don't consider myself the typical meditation teacher. I haven't gone and done the. I'm not following the traditional route. I've gone and tried to become a meditation expert as much as I can. And then I put out all this information on meditation, um, did the different types and all the science behind it and all that stuff. And then I'll find that I'm getting messages from people who in a million years, I don't even know they're following me, you know, uh, who will say, you know, I've got one the other day, a 14 year old boy who's been diagnosed with depression. His mm-hmm. um, uh, counselor told him to try meditation. So what would a 14 year old do? They go straight to Instagram or Facebook or whatever. Uh, found me, started following me, and then sent me a message saying, you know, oh, I'm so glad I found you. I've been following your tips and advice, and I it suddenly clicked now. I understand it, and my depression is getting better. I'm feeling so much better. This has just wow. come out of me. So it's these little things. When, when I get something like that, I think, oh, hang on. My internal conflict about whether or not I should be a meditation teacher or not goes away because... It's just about helping people. And if it's coming, it's just coming from a good place, then good things come back to you, you know. Absolutely, absolutely. And, let, and let's speak to that a little bit because I think, you know, what you've brought up there is, a, is what every human goes through is like, who are we to do this? Like, I think all of us have that conversation going on in our heads. But actually, again, the whole point of your dharma is your dharma is completely unique to you. 
you know, nobody could do it better than Jimmy because it's Jimmy's, it's Jimmy's thing, you know? So I love the fact for me, I love the fact that, cause I, I thought that's how I found you. I found you on Instagram. I loved what you were like. I think I was watching a couple of stories and how you were educating and it was interesting for me as well. And so that's why I followed you. Um, but I like the fact that, like you said, that you're not the typical, because again, it, it's a slight sort of edge to it and it's more interesting than say as you said I don't know following somebody who you would think would be traditionally meditation so I think let's dispel that rumor you know if you're listening to this and you think that you who are you to do this because I had the same thing myself like I before I launched my course um a year ago you know who I was like who am I to write a find and follow your purpose course you know how can I do that but actually there's nothing better if you've if your idea or your dream comes to you then it's for you and it's for a reason um well yeah i mean the thing is i just thought well i'm just gonna i don't know if this is gonna work out i don't know if this is gonna be right for me but i'm just gonna take that step i can always abandon it if it doesn't work out but i'm just gonna take that step and i'm just gonna be as authentic as possible so when i say i'm not the typical meditation teacher what i mean is you know i talk about i'm happy to admit that i eat meat i drink alcohol i sometimes you know i still will if i went to a party you know in shoreditch or something i'll put that on there i'm not going to hide who i am like <laughs> yeah uh, just because i've also uh, so uh, yeah so that's it and i think that's what people respond to because that's what keeps coming up over and over again is oh I really like following you because you tell the truth or you're authentic or that kind of thing. I'll give you an example as well. When mm, I, I first started meditating, I found that I lost my um, uh, my passion for the gym. I really like going to the gym and like working out and stuff. And I found I lost that because I really enjoyed the feeling of calmness. I wanted to protect it and not give it away. And I didn't want to, you know, go and do something that was going to boost my adrenaline up. Um, but I was really missing this part of my life. So I got in touch with my meditation teacher and I said, you know, is there anything, did, did, have you had this before? Is there anything I could do about this? And he said, oh, I'll tell you what it is, is that through meditating, you're becoming more in tune with your true nature. And it's not natural to go to the gym and have all that muscle and that kind of stuff. You know, what you should do is get more into going for long walks. And I came away from the conversation thinking, what are you talking about? This is this isn't for me. And if I told other people that, they're going to go. No, I don't. I want meditation to enhance the life I've got, not change me into a different person who goes for a walk instead of going to the gym. So I thought, no, I'm going to be a meditation teacher who does it my way. And if it works, I'm going to pass that on to other people. Mm. And so I didn't feel like I could start talking about this with any authority until I'd actually gone through and done a course, read a zillion books, um, done another course, got myself into a place where I feel like I am kind of a, becoming the expert on the info and also becoming the expert on the practical side where I'm teaching people and it's sticking as well. So right. I'm, I'm still very early in this part of my journey, but I've, I do feel for the first time in a long time that I have got to a place where I wouldn't swap this for anything now, you know? Mm. Uh, I'm on a journey and I'm just gonna gonna see where it takes me yeah and it's like it sounds to me like the you know you're following the breadcrumbs you know we talk a lot about breadcrumbs and synchronicity and you know following the energy per se so the fact that you're getting messages and almost um 
what's the word people kind of saying this is working this is great you know it's like feedback for you that you're doing the right thing um but i have a question for you so you're talking about the we're talking about the gym and meditation i sometimes find because i go to the gym every morning but i sometimes find when i wake up to do my meditation it's almost like i'm too full like i'm I'm kind of rested from the from my sleep so i quite often don't meditate first thing when I wake up. I then do my gym class, have a shower, come home, then do my meditation. And I find something about my body being slightly tired enables me to drop into the state. Whereas if I went to try and do it first thing in the morning, I wouldn't necessarily transcend or I wouldn't have such a deep meditation. So definitely, definitely, because you will have on that when you went to the gym, you will have released some really nice kind of um hormones into your body which would be making you feel good so you'll be coming out of the gym with a bit of a high anyway and then you will mix that with the the uh, physiological change that you'll get from the meditation and so yeah you're getting a bit of a double whammy hit there so yeah that's that's fantastic that's that's what i do sometimes it depends on the day but um yeah i, I really like meditating after working out it's the best time to do it because working out also calms your mind anyway doesn't it so so yeah, that's probably why you transcend more. Mm. And why would it be the case that sometimes in the mornings, because sometimes in the morning, I just, I just can't, I just, my, it's like, I, I just don't need it almost. I think I feel like I'm rested and, and calm from my night's sleep. So I just doesn't seem to work so well. Interesting. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure exactly because I find the morning one really, really nice if I do it as soon as I wake up. But it may just be also routine for you. I think also we're all kind of wired differently. So some people are morning people, some people are night people. And the reason for that is that when we evolved, it just made sense when we lived in tribes to have some people awake at <clears throat> different times and things like that. It, I think it just worked quite well for humanity that we all have these different internal circadian rhythms and things like that. So some people are in a very different place first thing in the morning to other people just naturally. And mm. that's why having some rules set in such a strict way doesn't work that well. The, mo the most important thing with meditation is pretty much like the gym, just get it done. So, you know, find what works for you and get it done. And as long as you do that, that's enough, I think. Mm. Enough to be, be life-changing for most people, I think. Mm. Yeah, whereas I would say I was probably the, I'm probably the opposite way around. So my afternoon meditation is like complete bliss. It's almost like because I've kind of expelled quite a bit of energy, I can just sink a lot further in the afternoon. But like you said, everybody's different. We're all human beings. We all <laughs> have our idiosyncrasies. Um, but let's talk a bit more because, you know, we might have people listening who, I have to be honest, for a long, long time for me, meditation, I just thought, I can't sit on a cushion. My brain's too busy. I've got a monkey mind. It's not for me. And I wanted to be, it's a bit like when I think back to when I was a kid, a bit like I wanted to like olives and I didn't like olives for ages and ages. And then I kept eating them. And then I finally liked olives, you know, but for, for meditation for me, I was almost a bit, what's the word? My husband started meditating before me. And I have to say, I was a bit jealous because I was like, I just can't, can't get there and I can't do it. And it's not for me. And, you know, I, I, my meditation was walking my dogs previously. And do you find, for, so for people listening, you know, everybody's different. We've just, just said that. And by the sounds of things, it's 
I believe it's almost like a spiritual practice for every human being, but our job is to tune in and find what works for us. So I'd just like you to sort of talk to maybe the people out there who don't have any meditation practice about, you know, how they can go about finding what it is that works for them. Okay, yeah. Well, in in fact, this is kind of where I thought I could make a difference because I, like I say, never really considered myself particularly spiritual. But when when I looked into all the science behind it, I realized there was something there. So what I would say is what's great about this is even if you don't believe in it, even if you think it's dumb, if you give it a try, you'll find it's a bit like exercise. Exercise doesn't care whether you believe in it or not. You go for a run, you'll get the same uh, <laughs> feeling and uh, physiological change as somebody who does believe in it. And so um, if, you, if you are out there and you're listening to this and you're thinking, oh, I've never tried it and it's not, it doesn't really feel like it's for me, I thought the same thing. But if you give it a shot, you may find that having your body cleared of stress can just, even if it's just that, if you just look at it in those simple terms, that's enough to change your life in a really, really big way. And an example of that would be when I did the, um, the Vedic meditation course when they first taught me, I remember going to the gym a few days after and I felt really fantastic because I just felt so like all this weight was lifted off me. You know, I was in the gym and I was thinking to myself, God, I'm so glad I did that. And anyway, my phone rang and I got a call and it was something about the business had been messed up and we'd lost a load of money and it was just really, really bad news. Stress. And I, mm. and I, put, I put the phone down and I um, just sat down on one of the machines. It was really quiet in there. And I just started laughing to myself like a maniac. And what it was, was I'd been given this really, really bad news, which normally would have sent me completely off a cliff and, you know, made me so angry. And all I could think was, oh, well, nobody died. It's all right. It's only money. I had this such a laissez-faire attitude to the fact that, you know, some big problem, one of the biggest problems we ever had in the business. Um, and I thought, wow, this is the meditation. This is clearly mm. my, the meditation. And it made me think of, you know, those kind of Buddhist monks who you, you couldn't upset them. There's nothing you could say to a Buddhist monk um, whose practices that would, that would upset them because they just would kind of be okay. In the little bubble. That's kind of what I felt. I thought, wow, this, this is it. I can manufacture my own happiness here just by doing this simple thing. Um, and it's, it's that feeling that's built up over time where it's got to the point where I, I thought, I've got to start teaching people this because I'm just going to bore my friends to death constantly. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where it all started. Yeah. And I can relate to that because I do the same thing, like, because it has such a profound impact. You just want to share it with people. Um, but I love that. I, I would, you know, I think for people listening, don't be put off is the kind of key thing. You know, don't, if you're listening to this, you don't think it's for you, but actually you are suffering with some of the things we talked about, you know, stress, anxiety, which is total modern day life. Um, and you haven't found your practice yet or you know just go and see what resonates with you go and there's lots of different forms of meditation and just see which one you know literally resonates with you i would say vedic and tm are probably the simplest um i personally you know you get your mantra and off you go um so yeah just give it a try and you will be amazed at the results and how it actually improves your life Mm. For anyone who is a real skeptic, actually, I'll put it in terms you can understand. Most people uh, understand the fight or flight response, mm. um, which is the stress response that 
we probably have that button pushed, you know, every day for a normal person in a job. We're constantly having that flight or flight trigger going off. Uh, and that's what, over, over time, that's what chronic stress is, just that being pushed. Well, back in the 70s, this guy, Herbert Benson, discovered that we have an opposite trigger called, but he called it the relaxation response. And it's basically doing the exact opposite for your body to what the fight or flight does. So really, all your, what, what you're doing, you know, if you take the spiritual side of it out of it, if you practice TM or Vedic meditation or even some other types of meditation, all you're doing twice a day is pushing the relaxation response to counter the fight or flight that keeps being pushed by outside um, pressures and circumstances. So just by doing that, by alleviating that stress twice a day, um, you know, it's like getting a bottle of Coke and just opening the cap twice a day, letting that energy out. That for most people is, 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 is just enough to take them to a place of calm where when the big problems do come, or even just your little things, you know, you go home and your kids are being problematic, you may react in a bad way. You'll be like me in the gym. You'll be like, oh, nothing can, nothing can break through this calm. Um, and if that sounds nice to you, then yeah, give it a try. Yeah, I think we could all benefit from being calmer, nicer people. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I agree. I think that there's two aspects, isn't there? If you're not a spiritual person, if you're not, you know, if you are a bit of a skeptic, then literally it can just be a stress reliever for you that really helps you become calmer and more centered. But what I would then go on to say, because I am a spiritual woo-woo person, is what I've, you know, really found is that then once you are a calmer, nicer person, you're more connected to you and who you are. And you are able to listen to your own, I would say, truth better. Um, I think quite often when we're working in stressful, stressful environments, you know, we, we're not aware of the signs and signals that are coming to us on a daily basis and the synchronicities, you know, because we're too stressed. We just can't see how the universe is kind of conspiring for our good. Um, but I do want you to share before we go, Jimmy, just because it's such a good story. It had me in fits of laughter. So, um, <laughs> I obviously do love a good synchronicity story. And I do believe, as we've just talked about, that once we get a bit more tuned in and plumbed in, it's almost like the universe gives us signs that we're going the right direction. And it's saying, look, here, look, go this way, because this is going to help you. This is going to work. Um, so tell the listeners, you said to me that you, was it some charity work you were doing in... Uh, uh, yeah, I, I know the one. No, it was just a holiday. It was oh, okay. um, earlier this year, and I've always wanted to go to Rwanda to go gorilla trekking. Cool. Um, you ever seen that movie, Gorillas in the Mist? It's that place with those gorillas. So um booked this holiday, went over there, and on the flight over there, I was reading a book called Strength and Stillness by Bob Roth, who's the head of Transcendental Meditation. And in that book, he talks about all different kinds of things, but he also mentions a few things like celebrities that he's taught to uh, meditate and things like that. And anyway, on the first morning, I was in this hotel. This hotel is right up in the mountains. It's really, really remote. And there's only six rooms. So full capacity for this hotel is 12 people. And so I was there. I got up at five o'clock in the morning. I read a few pages of the book. Just so happened the paragraphs there. He talked about Ellen DeGeneres and how he taught her to uh, meditate. And that was quite funny. And then I went off to um, have breakfast, went away and did the gorilla trekking all day, which was really one of the most amazing experiences of my life. Came back from the trek, walked into the uh, little bar in the hotel, and Ellen DeGeneres was there 
with her wife. And in fact, the other people staying there were her entourage as well, you know. Wow. <laughs> and, um, and it was so weird. And, and, you know, a book, a 300-page book, one paragraph, and I happened to read it on the same day that she was, uh, that I met her. And I was like, that is strange. And I said this to her and she was like, wow, that's weird. Oh, you actually uh, spoke, you did actually speak to her? Yeah, only, yeah, only very briefly. Cause I kind of thought, well, if you stay in a place like that, you probably don't want people coming up and getting selfies. But I did just say hello and we had a bit of interactions over the next couple of days. But I put this on Instagram just as a funny story and all the comments were synchronicity, synchronicity, synchronicity. Brilliant. So, <laughs> it's definitely a good, good, uh, good sign from the universe that you're going in the right direction with your meditation study. So <laughs> that's what I thought. That's what I thought. Definitely. <laughs> oh, Jimmy, thank you so much for joining us. Um, I know that people listening will have found real value in your story, your journey, how you're transitioning to do your, you're doing your dharma. Um, but where can people find you if they want to connect with you? You said you're on Instagram. Yeah, that'd be the best thing for me at the moment. Uh, just get me at, uh, just go to Instagram and look for that meditation guy. Uh, and you'll I see love that. sunglasses and a beard and that's me. <laughs> Brilliant. That, that I have to say is very cool as well. But yeah, thank you so much for coming on Kitty Talks. We really appreciate, for having me. appreciate you coming. And we will see you next week with another amazing guest. Bye-bye. Jimmy Whiteman. Love him. Down to earth. Fantastic guy. Just says it like he is doing really well. So he's the man if you want to learn some meditation. But I hope you really picked up on his story. You know, he's listening to what the signs and signals are that the universe are telling him. And consequently, he's now managed to develop an online business and as a meditation teacher and doing what he truly loves. So this isn't just available for him. It's available for you. Take your skills, take your passions, combine them. And if you're stuck and you don't know how to do that, then come and do do your dharma. We can help you. Okay, speak to you next week. Follow us on Instagram if you're not already. Thank you so much for listening to the Kitty Talks podcast. I do hope you enjoyed this episode and I too hope you were inspired to take action towards your dream life. You know, all it takes is aligned daily action towards your dreams and they will come to fruition. They will be created. You are an energetic being and you're more powerful than you've ever been taught. If you want some help and support, come and join us, doyourdharma.co.uk. Apply now. We're taking applications and we're going to help you, support you creating the dream life. This is why you came. <laughs>